Hello everyone, and welcome to Building Strength with your host, Theo Lim. Episode number 11 coming at you right now. We made it to episode 11. Every week's an achievement. (laughs) So guys, I just finished training. Give you guys some context. I just finished training week three, day one. Riding the endorphin highs, just sipping on this protein shake as I record this podcast. So, at times it's hard to think of podcast episode topics. I don't want to always be talking about the same thing every single week. So that's where you guys kind of come in. Anytime you have any questions or you want to follow up on anything that was said in a previous podcast, please just shoot me a message on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever. Shoot me a message and it'll help me understand what you guys are looking for and it'll also give me topic primers to talk about. So I just finished up my training session and I'm feeling pretty good. So this is phase two with my coach. My coach is Alex Tavares, one of my good friends. We did 12 weeks already, phase one, and I re-signed with him for another 12 weeks. This is online coaching. So what happens is he sets up my program on a spreadsheet. I fill it in every week. I give him feedback on it, and then he'll send me a new one for next week. So this is the kind of online coaching that I do as well. It's week-to-week online coaching. It's really fun. I really enjoy doing it for other people, and I really enjoy having a coach right now, just taking care of my training. Um, It took me a while to sign on with Alex, but I've worked with him in person before, and I understand the value that he likes to give to his clients. And I just like his coaching style. So we're a good fit. And it works really well. Um, why I chose to have a coach? Because I, you might be wondering, wait, you're a, you're a trainer yourself. Why do you need a trainer? Well, as I've been trying to portray or get the message across on Instagram, it's like, just because we're trainers doesn't mean that we do everything perfectly and it doesn't mean that we're we don't encounter the struggles that everyone else encounters like sometimes we don't feel like training as well I know a lot of time I don't feel like training Um, and you know a lot of the time I don't want to do it at all and sometimes I don't so anyway I paid I paid Alex, Um, he set me up with a program. For me, it's really just about that accountability. Like I know Alex in real life, we see each other here and there. I can't let him down, right? And so the accountability for me is a big aspect. It's just someone that will hold me accountable to my training. So right there and then it's already worth it for me. Also, a second thing is that other trainers have their preferred methods. 
their preferred exercises, their preferred rep schemes, different ways to um, put together programs. And for me, I'm paying for someone to train me, for someone to put my program together. But I'm also training, I'm also paying to learn. Based, like I've learned so much from the things he's given me because I can then, if I like something that he's given me, like a certain superset or a certain type of exercise, I can then give that to my clients and see if it works for them. So it's just like, yeah, you're paying for the training itself, but ultimately you're paying for more knowledge, more understanding, um, just always adding to my repertoire, whether that's strength exercises, whether that's movement, whether that's um, myofascial release methods, like it's all just like, it's all, all of it is just extra learning, extra opportunity, always adding to my own repertoire so I can help others as best as I can. So accountability and learning are two main reasons why I signed up with Alex. Um, yeah, it just really helps me get it done. Oh, also the third one, maybe the most important. He, If I put a program together for myself, I'm just going to put all the things that I enjoy doing. And that's not, you know, when it comes to training, it's not about doing the things we enjoy doing. It's about usually the things we don't enjoy doing. We don't enjoy them because we suck at them. So for me, I really, really hate dumbbell rows, like one arm dumbbell rows. I don't know what it is about it, but I've always hated them. I always sucked at them. So when I do my own program programming, I don't really put those in. But if Alex is giving me dumbbell rows, which he does a lot, and I hate him for it, I'll do them because it's in the program. I've paid for it. If I don't do it, I'm cheating myself. And he's put them in there for a reason because I want upper body mass. And everyone knows dumbbell rows is one of the biggest back movements there is. <clears throat> so why wouldn't you do them if you want a bigger upper body? So I guess three main reasons, accountability, learning, a good coach should be trying to educate you, not just trying to kill you every single session. And lastly, um, he'll put exercises that I personally wouldn't put because I wouldn't like doing them. Let me think if I, there are other exercises right now that I don't like doing. Also like rest periods. Um, so we, him and I, we both include rest periods into our programs. And this keeps the workout, the length of the workout, nice and concise. And it keeps you honest because you can easily sit there for five minutes resting between a set. But if the rest period is saying 75 to 90 seconds, you better put that timer on and get it done in 75 to 90 seconds. So that's where I'm currently at with my own training. I'm on week three. I'm feeling pretty good. I started to, again, if you guys um, follow me on Instagram, I started to track my macros and it's, it's only day three, but it's going well. 
Um, the purpose being because this program is going to be for hypertrophy, for mass gains. I want to make the most of everything I'm, all the work I'm putting in in the gym by fueling my body and making sure I eat enough to grow outside of the gym. So always remember, always, always remember, the things you consume outside of the gym are just important as the reps that you put in inside of the gym. Make sure you get that nutrition right. Make sure you sleep well. Make sure you hydrate well. And the gym will take care of itself. All right. So with that being said, I want to transition into coaching. So I explained why I hired a coach, um, how it helps me with my own training. And I just want to talk about coaching in general, whether you're interested in coaching other people or maybe you have a trainer right now or you're considering hiring a trainer. Just make sure, like for me, I do a one-on-one initial assessment just to see if me and the client vibe well together, see if we're on the same page, like see if I can actually help them, right? Um, so I do this assessment and it, my main goals for the assessment is to see where they currently are, where their strength levels are, where their mobility levels are, because this is going to play a big factor in what kind of program I put them on and whether or not they can join my small group training or whether we still have to do some personal training one-on-one before we do some smaller group training. So I check in their, I check out their strength levels, check out their mobility levels. Um, we also get to talk about, we get to talk about their goals, how they think I can help them and how I can, how I think I can help them. Um, so generally, let me take you through the assessment. So if you guys are coaches or if you're aspiring coaches, let me just break down my assessment method because I think at this point, my assessment is pretty solid. I feel really good about it. Um, yeah, it's nice and simple. So they come in, we chat for a little bit. I get them to fill out some preliminary forms. I ask them about their main goals, like their one or two main, main goals, because that will really help determine what we're going to do in the gym and the suggestions I'll make for them to do outside of the gym, whether that's extra cardio, extra movement work, or just like staying on top of the nutrition. Because everyone, hands down across the board, everyone walks in, they all want to be leaner. Everyone wants to be leaner and everyone wants to get stronger. And then depends from their person to person, whether they have main lifting goals or not. So they do that. Then we do a warm up. I take them through my whole shoulder routine, shoulders, and then we do upper back, mid back. Let's check out how their like T-spine rotation is working. Then I go through their hips and their ankles. So those are the main four, four main touch points always. Shoulders, T-spine, spine in general, hips, and ankles. Those are the four touch points. And I just want to note where their mobility, 
is really good and where it might be lacking. And from there, I do a slightly more dynamic warm-up just to see how they're moving. And through all the warm-up, I'm watching how they're moving. It's really just about seeing, having the eye for it, which you get better as you go, right? Just looking at their ankles, looking at their knees, looking at how, looking at how, I think they're calling it, um, it's not movement IQ, but like movement literacy, just to see how, because someone who's never been active for the last 25 years is going to move very differently from someone who's been playing a competitive sport their whole life, right? I mean, they're still going to have, both of them are still going to have their own issues, but they will be very different. So I assess their movement throughout this whole time. Then we do a dynamic warm-up, whether I like to do ball slams a lot just to see how they are picking up a ball, putting it above their head, slamming it down. Um, I do ball slams a lot. I do um, walking lunges. If I know they can do walking lunges, I'll just do walking lunges. And then last one, I usually do like TRX body rows just to already see where their pulling strength is at. So that whole thing is really just about movement. That's the movement aspect. And this is going to determine what we do in the strength aspect of the assessment. Because if someone's hips are really jacked up, their ankles are really jacked up, there's no way we're going to do um, goblet squats. My main move is usually goblet squats. Uh, we squat with a dumbbell in front of us. So if I can see that someone's going to have issues doing that, I'll pull out a bench, I'll pull out a box, and we'll squat to the box. Body weight to start. For the assessment, it's always body weight relative movements. So goblet squats, body weight squats, uh, push-ups, whether that's... Most people aren't going to be able to do push-ups on the ground right away, but we'll do push-ups on an incline. We'll set it up on the power rack, and we'll just set up the height. So we do the push-ups and then we do body rows, TRX. And I just determine how far away from the wall they are and that's our starting point. It's really just establishing a baseline with your new client, right? Because you can always go back once they start training with you and you can show them like, look, on the first day you started push-ups way up high, like the bar was by your chest. And a month later, the bar has now lowered to around your hips and now it's going to lower even more to your ankles like you weren't able to do that two months ago so just having that concrete information is very helpful for two reasons main two main reasons would be so you can always go back and show them the progress they've made and also for the coach for yourself to know where you can start someone because if someone is squatting to the box with their body weight and that's difficult enough for them and they they get the desi desired training effect as in that's going to work them adequately enough for for it to cause their body to have to adapt so when you know that you know you can't program barbell squats their next session right you have to program body weight squats to a box. And then from there, you can determine sets and reps, 
etc. So I like to do that. And throughout this whole time, it's always a process of I'm always peppering them with questions, just asking how they're feeling. Um, and really, it's about finding out where their mental strength is as well. So it's about, uh, yes, the main thing is finding where their physical strength is. How many squats can they do? Like, can they do weighted? Can they not do weighted? How's the push-up game? How's the body row game? Okay. But throughout all this, it's about mental strength as well. If a client is complaining the whole time, it's your first session. Um, for me, the kind of clients I want to train, I want them to want to be there. Like, I've had a couple of clients before where I've had this, like, really, really push them in a way that I don't want to do because it's like, you should have this on your own. As in... I really had to goad them to be like, no, no, you can do it. You got this. Like, you're strong enough. You can do it. And that gets tiring every single set to, like, try to get them, amp like, not amped up, but try to get them to do it a little more aggressively, to attack it, as opposed to being, like, very meek about it, very hesitant. Um, so from that first session, you can really determine... Like, okay, this person needs a lot of external motivation. You need to be aware of that because that's going to drain your resources a little more than someone who's already motivated. And there can be the opposite of someone who's who really needs a lot of external motivation is someone who's too motivated, too jacked up, who will like kill themselves for another two reps, which is good, but it's not always good, right? So determining mobility levels, determining strength levels and physical strength and mental strength. And then lastly, I'll do like a short three minutes on the battle ropes, some something conditioning based, depending on if they've made it this far. Like if someone's being really inactive, we won't do the conditioning base, but I'll do ropes because I find it's not too killer. I'll do like 20 seconds on, 40 seconds off. Again, this is, yes, you'll be able to see how they do with conditioning, but you'll be able to see the mental strength. Like, are they going to push hard and get it done? Or are they going to like really, really try to quit on you? And then you, and then you as the coach end up in a position where you're like, come on, you can do it. You're strong enough. Yeah. Woohoo. Which is great. It's just, um, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot, lot easier when the person is motivated internally and they don't really need you to amp them up. Like on some days, yes, it's going to be necessary because they're tired or, you know, they're not feeling it. But on most days, like the people who are solid, who are motivated on their own, who have that mental strength, who have that grit, those guys, those guys are fun to train. So that's my assessment process. From there, I'll figure out whether we need to do more personal training or whether I'm comfortable putting someone right into a small group. Um, it's just if someone has a lot of movement problems, like if the movement needs a lot of work, like if the basic moves need a lot of work, 
then I'll want to do more personal training because we can just get it done a lot faster when it's one-on-one. But if someone already knows how to move, I get really excited because I'm like, okay, join my groups and we're just going to, we're going to get rolling right away. So that's my assessment process. Um, That's something I've honed over the last three years. It wasn't always the same and I'm sure it won't always be the same, but that's how I go about it. I have a set of warm-up moves, the same warm-up moves that I use for everyone. And I use that to assess where the client is at. So let me talk about my coaching philosophy a little. For me, I love, I really love watching people get stronger. And in addition to that, they just become more confident. And I love that so much. Uh, It just feels so good knowing that I've been able to help this person in the gym but also outside of the gym because that confidence carries from the walls of the gym, from inside the walls of the gym to outside, on the street, um, at your workplace, at home. You just feel better. Like when you feel better about yourself, I, I feel like you're nicer to everyone around you. Like I've been in p- situations where I didn't feel good about myself and I know I like carried that and took it out on other people, but really when you feel good about yourself, like you just want to encourage other people to feel good about themselves as well. So anyway, I really enjoy getting, helping people become stronger. I really enjoy helping people move better. And like when they tell, I can see it, right? But I like them to acknowledge it as well. Like, look, you couldn't move this way three months ago but look at you now like all you need to do now is keep going so I really enjoy seeing people get stronger I love I love seeing them move better Um, I love seeing them start to have fun in the gym because at the start not everyone has fun training right but after a while that comes like for some people it never comes but for others like they start having fun Um, you know, they're laughing while they're training, they're joking around with the other people in the group. That's really fun for me to see. Um, I really like, for me, it's about educating people, right? It's about providing them with the skill set that I have. So it's providing them with that skill set. So then they can take that for the rest of their life, really. Like people are paying me a lot of money. It's a big financial investment for them, right? I really want to give as much value as I can, teach them about, yes, lifting, training, but the things outside of training. Like, do you know how to warm up properly? Do you have a good repertoire of warm up moves? And that's really something I try to work on a lot. Like, when I learn something new, that I really enjoy, I'll bring that to my client sessions because, I mean, if I enjoyed it, like, and if I think it's going to be beneficial for me, it's going to be beneficial for them as well. So it's, I'm really all about educating my clients, making sure that after they've trained with me, they can walk into any gym in the world and just be confident in the gym environment 
and know how to set up a training session and execute on that training session. So like going in with a plan and executing on that plan. Um, I call that gym IQ. Just like knowing how to work in with someone, like knowing how to ask to work in with someone, knowing how to um, manage your workout space so you don't interfere with the person right beside you. It's just like becoming a educated gym goer. So for me, helping people get strong, helping people move better, but also helping people learn how to navigate the gym environment because it is a very intimidating environment, like at a commercial gym. There are 100 people in there and everyone's kind of going at it. It's very intimidating feeling. And I just want to eliminate that by providing them the tools and the confidence to just go in there and get it done. So those are the things I really value. Um, I really, as you guys know, I value the hell out of technique consistent technique just every single rep to perfection um, knowing what feels good knowing what doesn't feel good that for me is top priority so let me talk about my coaching experience I'm about three years in now for coaching and as I go I've kind of figured out my niche I've learned that I'm really good at taking beginners, people who have not done much strength training in their life, taking them from nothing and giving them everything I know. And it's just so rewarding to see their hard work and patience pay off once they start getting it. Like, And I made some Instagram post today about building a good foundation with your strength training and being patient about that because that does take a lot of time. It takes a lot of time and patience to really lock in the technique because I always say, like, just take your time right now, stick with the lower weights, lock in your technique because once you have it, you have it for life. Like, once you, once you know what good technique is and once you've practiced enough reps with good technique, you know that it feels good and you will know when it doesn't feel good that's really important for injury prevention and just making long-term gains so that's my experience so far like i really enjoy training beginners i mean no doubt i love when someone who's already strong walks into the gym and now i can just give them my tools to help them get stronger and it's not always just about the training program Maybe they're lacking in their warm-up. Or maybe they're missing some mobility drills or they're um, neglecting a proper cool-down. Anything, right? Um, it's such... It's never just about the training. There's so much going on around it. There is, like, the other 23 hours of the day. Um, and just learning how to help people. It's going to be a whole... It's going to be a process to really dial in how to help every single person because every single person needs help with something different. Um, so that's my experience so far. I've trained a lot of beginners. 
which I really enjoy. I, I made a joke with one of them. Like, I think I have really good lifting habits. I pride myself on great technique, um, consistency with my lifting, proper warm-up, proper cool-down, and just getting that work in, right? So I joked with someone. I said, yeah, it's great because I think I have great habits. So what I'm doing with the beginners is like giving them all my good habits. Um, I don't know if they feel the same way, but that's how I feel about it. So I've kind of mentioned what I enjoy about training. like Just seeing people get better, become stronger, just get more confident. And as I said earlier, it just carries from inside of the gym to outside of the gym. Not all the time. I I wish it did more often, but it's a tough it's a tough gig. I was talking to my friend DU about this and I think we're going to go in depth about this together in a podcast. Just like sometimes as I said earlier, it's not always about the training program. Just like learning learning how to help them with their training is one thing. But learning how to help someone understand the importance of warming up, of movement, or the importance of their nutrition, or the importance of hydration. And then the big one, this is something that I, I'm still learning, of course. It's, for me, this is the toughest one, like, learning how to help someone with their mental game outside of the gym like the worst thing for me as a trainer I think is seeing someone who has a lot of success inside of the gym but outside of the gym they're kind of struggling you know like if if you're a coach you've probably ran into this it's just someone who crushes it inside of the gym all the time they're your most consistent clients They're your strongest clients. But outside of the gym, they're having trouble. Whether that's due to stress from work or stress from life in general, like their relationships or family. It could be anything, right? And this is where I find as a trainer, it's a tough... It's it's tough to approach this because I don't want to cross the line and pry too much into their personal life right but I also want to help them like I really really want to help them so if it's like unhappiness from their work or stress from their relationship like I really I think as I go as I grow as a trainer like I really want to focus on how to help people outside of the gym as well because you end up developing a relationship with these people right And if you're a people person, I consider myself kind of a people person. Like I'm a very introverted people person. But like I really care about these people and I don't want to see them walk in and like be very stressed or walk out and know that they're walking into a world of stress outside of the gym. So just like teaching people how to relax, um, the importance of breathing, I don't know. I have to figure out how to convey or how to help other people in this regard a little more. So if you're another coach out there, 
and you have experience with this, I'd love to chat about it. So what would I like to do moving forward with coaching? So of course, as a coach, I would, I'm working towards having my own space. Currently I rent, I rent space in a gym and I bring my clients into that gym, but I would love to just have my own space, have my own gym. I'm going to have to start small, of course. So that's what I'm really working towards right now. Starting small, having my own space, running it the way I want to run it, and building my community from there. So that would be, that's my main goal right now. Um, but I would, immediately after I do that, I know I'm still early in the game for coaching. Again, I'm only three years in. I'm excited to hit the 10-year mark. But I really want to help other trainers. So my plan after I open up my own spot is to immediately bring in a couple young trainers, a couple young interns who don't have much experience, but they have the passion for it. They're excited about training and I want to teach them everything I know. So that's like when I think about training, I love training people. I love training clients. But I also want to start um, teaching younger trainers, teaching aspiring trainers. Again, I'm super early into the game still, but I'm very confident in my strength training abilities, my strength training capacity. Like that's one area where I've been at it for a very long time. And I just feel super confident about it. I feel very good at how I'm going about it and how I can convey this message to younger trainers so that they can help other people too. So that's what I'm working towards right now, just having my own space, um, cultivating a couple younger trainers, making sure that they know what they're doing so that they can help other people as well. And all in all, one of my clients asked me the other day what I'm working towards with coaching and I've had this conversation with a couple other people right now for my training my business it's really just about putting in the hours mastering the craft getting better at coaching really like there's always better ways to get better at coaching whether that's the skills you're showing people the techniques or just the way you're speaking to people, how you're conveying the importance of things to people. Um, you could be the best trainer, but if you don't know how to relate to someone and make it meaningful for them, like that person's not going to get a whole lot out of it. So that's what I'm working towards. Just putting in the hours, getting the experience, getting better at it, and just keep on going. Like I feel really good about where I'm at right now. But I just want to keep keep going, keep that momentum rolling, keep feeling good about it, keep enjoying it, and just going. Which leads me, we're at about 35 minutes right now. I'm going to close it at, in about 5 minutes. One thing that I've really been working on and struggling with as a result is really, really learning to enjoy the process. 
because a lot of these things you could say like, oh yeah, I'm enjoying the process, trust the process. But if you don't really enjoy it or if you don't really cultivate that enjoyment, that happiness, you're just saying it, right? So for me, really learning to enjoy right now. Um, some days I can get really down on myself. I just don't feel good about what I've done that day or how I've conveyed something to someone. And I can beat myself up real bad and I'll be down for a whole day. But I always, I usually bounce back. I mean, we always bounce back. So one thing, although I have really big goals and really big achievements that I want to accomplish, at the end of the day, yes, having goals is great. Having dreams is really important. And achieving those things are, it's important as well. But if you, if we as people fail to really enjoy the process, really enjoy the people around me, um, really enjoy your family, like taking the time to enjoy your family and understand that no one's going to be around forever. So just like, you know, not being a dick to people, um, just being kind, like, it's just so important. Um, yeah, so for me, it's like, okay, I want to accomplish all these things, but it's really important to take in how great life already is. And if you're fortunate enough to live a good life like we're blessed to have been born into this like we got lucky um i've got for me it's just like i've got a loving family i've got a great girlfriend i've got really cool friends that i enjoy and i train people for a living which i also really enjoy so for me it's just a constant acknowledgement of how great things are already like as I said earlier I have these goals I have these achievements I'd like to accomplish but none of that means anything if I don't really take in what I have right now so I'm gonna leave it at that guys remember to tell the people around you how much you fucking love them like any of us can die tomorrow so just enjoy life do the things you want to do like i can't stress it enough just have fun just ignore everyone and do what you really want to do so with that being said i'm going to close it off for today's episode as always i appreciate you guys listening i hope you guys took something away from this episode whether it was about whether you're an aspiring coach, um, hopefully I could shed some light on my assessment process and how I go about doing that and what I personally value as a coach. Um, why I think having a trainer or a coach is important. And lastly, just really enjoying life. 
right now. So guys, if you haven't subscribed, why the hell not? Subscribe to the damn podcast. We got iTunes. We got Stitcher. We got Google Play Music. We got Podbean. Rate the damn thing. Five stars on iTunes. So again, I really appreciate you guys. And until next time, peace.